politics, culture, chaos. It's time to make sense of it all. It's time to have a little fun. This is your afternoon dose of sanity. This is the Rich Zioli Podcast. Highest inflation in decades, and Biden just spoke as Saki tries to blame Putin for inflation. But the question, of course, is why isn't the rest of the world dealing with the inflation we are? Plus, the latest out of New York City. It is a busy, busy afternoon here on the podcast. I hope you're having a great day today. Thank you for being here. Uh, give you all the latest on the New York City subway shooting. Man in a gas mask through a, through a smoke grenade. 29 injured. And the search is on. And some sad news coming in. In addition to that sad news, of course, Gilbert Godfrey, legendary comedian Gilbert Godfrey, dead at 67 years old. I always liked him. He always made me laugh, Gilbert Godfrey. Um... Too bad. Really, really sad. He had, uh, he had, I guess, a serious condition that he was dealing with for several years now. And um, a, a true legend. Um, but the situation out of New York was incredibly scary. No doubt about that. And uh, we're, we're still getting a lot in on that. So whatever breaking news comes out this afternoon, I'll give it to you. Um, Biden will speak as inflation hits now a 40-year high. Uh, this is New York Governor Kathy Hochul after today's terror attack on new york city and that's what it is a terror attack isn't no doubt about it isn't i'm not suggesting necessarily that it's a middle eastern terrorist attack i don't know but i'm not ruling that out either but it's a terror attack is what it is um but quickly the left goes right to guns they go right to guns and they go right to the to the to the to the firearms they just cannot help themselves here is new york governor kathy hochel so this is an active shooter situation right now in the city of new york i just got off the phone with the mayor He's recovering well. He is monitoring. He's actively engaged in the situation. I wanted to let him know that the people of the entire state of New York stand with the people of this city, this community, and we say no more. No more mass shootings. No more disrupting lives. No more creating heartbreak for people just trying to live their lives as normal New Yorkers. It has to end. It ends now. And we are sick and tired of reading headlines about crime, whether they're mass shootings or the loss of a teenage girl or a 13-year-old. It has to stop. I'm committing the full resources of our state to fight this surge of crime, this insanity that is seizing our city because we want to get back to normal. It has been a long, hard two years. That's what we crave, that sense of stability, and normalcy, and this is what the mayor and I are going to continue to work toward. And I thank the partners, the brave people of the MTA, the first ones who had the sense, the drivers of the train, to leave the station to make sure no more victims could be hurt. The NYPD, FDNY, state police, everyone involved in this has one purpose, and has to stop the insanity of these crimes. You'll hear now from our fire department. I want to thank them for being there to help us defuse a volatile situation. But we'll be giving continued reports as this day unfolds. Again, we ask everyone to be careful, be cautious, report what you see. You know, um, no mention, of course, of terrorism, right? No mention of terror. No, none of that. Um, No more mass shootings, she says. No more mass shootings. Uh, okay. I mean, you know, if that's how you want to boil this down to being a mass shooting, well, then there, there you go. I mean, it's interesting how they focus on the fact that people are shot as opposed to a 
terror attack on the subway. But they do that on purpose, of course, obviously, because they've got an agenda, and that is to use this opportunity to try to say guns are the problem as opposed to a really, really bad guy on the subway platform. But it could have been a lot worse. Thank God that um, it wasn't, but it could have been a lot worse, no doubt about that. And we have to be very, very grateful that it wasn't worse. Here's a couple things I wanted to mention to you on this busy afternoon, obviously. And we're waiting for President Biden to give some remarks. Brooklyn is still a, a, a mess right now. It's still um, under heavy lockdown in certain parts of it and probably going to be like that for quite some time as they try to figure out if they can capture this guy, this terrorist. And I'm, I'm calling him a terrorist because, I mean, this is an act of terror. There's no way around it. I mean... You know, I, I know that there's going to quickly be an effort to try to say it was just another mass shooting because they love to say it like that. But, you know, that's this is this is more than that, obviously. And, and you know, all I mean, mass shootings are active acts of terrorism, but they just don't want to call it that because, again, they want to focus on the guns. They want to focus on the guns. And that's the way that they want to do it, obviously. Um, what else can I tell you today? Um, no doubt about this. Philadelphia's mask mandate is causing a lot of people to be very, very upset. A lot of people to be very angry, including Philadelphians, including people that work in Philadelphia, um, like Michelle Connolly. Michelle Connolly is a store manager in Philadelphia, Fairmount Hardware. I know that store. It's a great little shop, actually. Take a listen. Fairmount Hardware masks were flying off the shelves again. Manager Michelle Connolly says they are trying to keep up with the constant changes. On again, off again. So it's confusing for the patrons. It's confusing for us. And then you have people who are frankly just tired of it at this point. So they just blatantly refuse to wear the mask. And it's like businesses are stuck implementing a rule that we have no control over. Yeah, it is on again, off again. And it is frustrating for people. No doubt about that. No doubt. And, and you know, the other thing, too, about it, which is it, this is not the CDC guidance. The CDC guidance says you can have a situation where you need the numbers to be much higher than the way it is. But, of course, we're not dealing with that right now, are we? Kevin Hassett from the Hoover Institution, a Philly guy, friend of the show, came out and said today about inflation, the fact is that inflation is double digits. It's double digits because of Joe Biden's policies. And they're not going to really, even if the Fed is not going to be able to put a handle on this, not going to be down for quite some time. Even the Fed is not going to be able to put a handle on this for quite some time. So get used to it. And, you know, the mass thing in Philly is just going to hurt people from wanting to come into the city. Just one more excuse to not come into the city. No doubt about that. Um, We talked today about the report that came out regarding uh, the failing grades on COVID numbers. And I was very lucky to have Stephen Moore on the show this morning to talk about it in great detail. New York, California, New Jersey, Illinois had the worst death rates. They ruin education for kids and they Is destroy businesses. There's a new report apparently about the difference between how red states and blue states handled COVID and who did a better job? No kidding. And blue states getting a failing grade when it came to their response on the COVID pandemic. A new study finding that New York, California, New Jersey, and Illinois, which had the harshest lockdowns, remember, had the worst death worst death rates. They ruined education for kids and they destroyed businesses. While Utah, Nebraska, Vermont and Florida, some of the states that got very high marks. Yeah. And you know why those states got high marks? Because they kept the states open. That's why they didn't shut down their states. Ron DeSantis, Governor Ron DeSantis, who has emerged from everything as a hero. I'm telling you right now, he's emerged from this fight with the left as a hero. He's emerged from COVID as a hero. He is the most well-positioned candidate for 2024 by far of any other Republican out there who's not named Donald Trump. This is what Ron DeSantis said 
today about lockdowns and mandates. As long as I sit in the chair in which I sit, no Floridian will be restricted, mandated, or locked down in any possible way. Yeah, good. Good for him. Good for him. I mean, that's what I mean. He keeps winning on these issues, and it's great because it's what people want to hear, even if they don't want to come out and say it. You know, I talked to you this morning about that Wall Street Journal article that talked about parents who are moving towards... um, moving towards embracing now Republicans because of everything that's going on. Well, when you think about that, this idea now, for example, gender identity lessons for first and second graders, gender identity lessons for first and second graders in New Jersey. My friend who told me, and and she's voted Democrat most of her life, um, there is so much anger going on in school districts right now among parents over crap like this. And again, Ron DeSantis stood up to this stuff in Florida. And he's a hero for it. There are people who are afraid to come out and say it, but that tide is changing. And parents now more than ever are engaged. And when you deal with two things, lockdown, keeping kids out of school, and then this woke curriculum, you are driving people to vote Republican, period. That is the lesson plan. That is the reality. This is Pennsylvania Democrat John Fetterman, who is running for United States Senate. He is one of the leftiest, leftist, left guys out there. And I've done that the entire time running on core progressive values that were once considered too left to run in the democratic mainstream back in 2016 if any of you remember my first race we didn't have you know barely gas money in that first race yeah he's been always far left he's very happy to be far left he's embracing far left this is the challenge for democrats and they come up on this november because i'm telling you right now uh, they're, they they are all so far left it's not just john fetterman it's it's all of them the 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 ones who are the outliers now the joe mansions of the world they are the overwhelming minority of people that is the reality here that's the reality. And they're all today cheering on Philadelphia's mask mandate, for example. All these science deniers that go on about masks and they love science and science and science and science. This is not even based on science, as NBC News even has to report and admit. Let's turn to the pandemic now and the growing concern about a nationwide spike in COVID cases. In just the last two weeks. Concerned by who, what nationwide concern? Who's concerned about this? Nobody's concerned about this. Everybody is living their lives. The only people that are concerned about this are people like Fauci because he's worried that there won't be a spike and he won't be able to be on television. This is a spike of such a mild variant of COVID. It is ridiculous we are in this place right now, even having this conversation. 23 states and D.C. are seeing an increase in confirmed cases. The average number of cases over the last week now at more than 34,000 per day. And this weekly average number of deaths has dropped, however, to 536 per day. This comes as one major city is once again masking up. Philadelphia is bringing back its indoor mask mandate. Health officials will start enforcing that mandate next week. We're going to get expert analysis from our doctor on duty in just a moment here. But let's begin with NBC News correspondent Emily Ikeda. She is in Philly now with the latest on that renewed mask mandate there. Emily, bring us up to speed. Hey there, Aaron. So keep in mind, it was just over a month ago that city officials greenlit residents to take off their masks, and now they're changing course, having them put them back on. And, you know, infections and hospitalizations, they are relatively low here, but it's the jump in cases that has city officials concerned. They're not just low here. They're especially low here. And people are not concerned. This is the reality of the situation. People are not concerned. Why are they doing this, though? 
because the election's coming up. Let's be honest, the election's coming up. In, we have a major midterm election coming up in Pennsylvania, and they want us to vote by mail. There's no other way to put it. We're not yet. We're not following CDC guidance. So what are we doing with masks? We want to fe- we want to scare people and get them to vote by mail again. That's the reality. It's not a big conspiracy. It's in politics you use your advantage. It's not that complicated. Just admit it. Just admit what you're doing. Admit what you're doing. And admit that you have no plan. Admit that there's nothing that Democrats can do but try to make people afraid. And then hope that they can get enough people to not vote because they're going to get their asses handed to them this November. That's the truth. That is what's happening here. Even CNN is admitting that inflation is so bad right now and they can't blame Putin. As Jen Psaki's out there going, well, it's Putin's price hike, Putin's price hike, Putin's price hike, trying to say it over and over and over again. But just saying something over and over again doesn't make it true. Just saying Putin's price hike does not make something true. You know that and I know that, obviously, right? But I think sometimes that the left doesn't know this because they keep doing it anyway. They'll come out like a broken record. Well, Putin's price hike, Putin's price hike, Putin's price hike, Putin's price hike. And then they just hope that enough, if they say enough times, you just walk around like a robot and go, well, this is Putin's price hike. This is Vladimir Putin's price hike. I, I guess I will just now repeat what you tell me. I am a robot. I am a robot. But you're not a robot. You're a thinking human being. So you know these things. But they want to keep saying these things because they're hoping that eventually you'll just believe it. You'll just believe it. Uh, and, and and don't you love it, too? I mean, Saki predicted that this inflation report today was going to be awful. I think she got tipped off. I think they knew about it. Somebody, Something else people should talk about is who let the White House know, who tipped them off. But this is what Saki said yesterday regarding the inflation report that came out today showing the storing inflation. Okay. How high do you expect these numbers to be? Sure. No, no, I... Is on the strategy to pass what you believe to be inflation pooling measures in the medium term? Yes, I understand your question. Um, So because of the actions we've taken to address uh, the Putin price hike, we are in a better place than we were last month. Um, But we expect March CPI headline inflation to be extraordinarily elevated due to Putin's price hike. And we expect a large difference between core and headline inflation reflecting the global disruptions in energy and food markets. So core inflation doesn't include energy and food prices. Uh, Headline inflation does. And of course, we know that core inflation, you know, energy, the impact of energy, of course, on oil prices, gas prices, we expect that to uh, continue to reflect what we've seen uh, the increases be over the course of this invasion. And just as an example, since President Putin's military buildup accelerated in January, average gas prices are up more than 80 cents. Most of the increase in, uh, occurred in the month of March, and at times gas prices were more than a dollar above pre-invasion level. So that roughly 25% increase in gas prices will drive tomorrow's inflation reading. And certainly, it's not a surprise to us, but we certainly think it will be reflected. And now, this is a lie. Even CNN is pointing out the lie that this is. Today, we're seeing more evidence of what most Americans already know. Inflation in the U.S. is skyrocketing. It hit a 40-year high in March as prices rose more than 8.5% from this time last year. CNN's chief White House correspondent, Caitlin Collins, joins me now. So, Caitlin, in just a little while, the president will be in Iowa. What are we expecting to hear from him on this issue? 
Yeah, he's going to be at this ethanol plant in Iowa, Dana, and he's going to announce that they are going to lift a suspension on the summertime, this normal summertime ban of those higher ethanol gas sales. The White House is hoping that that is going to help bring gas prices down. You've seen industry experts kind of waver on what kind of effect it, they think it will have, how long that effect will have. But the White House is saying they believe by taking this step that it is going to help cut down gas prices by about, about 10 cents per gallon over the, these next September uh, several months, excuse me, until September, Dana, when normally that ban would be into effect. And of course, this is coming on the day that the White House got these bruising inflation numbers where you're seeing that the inflation rate is the highest it's been since 1981, up over 8% since last March for these prices. And obviously, the president has been under a lot of political pressure to help bring gas prices down since they are really helping drive those numbers. And this is the first report you're really getting and seeing since you've seen those gas price numbers go up, you know, reaching about four and a half dollars a gallon last month at some points since this Russian invasion of Ukraine began. And so this is another step that President Biden is taking, given that pressure that he's been facing. It also comes after he announced that they were going to be tapping into the strategic reserves to release about a million barrels a day for the next six months. So all of these steps that they are taking because they know what they are facing with these prices, with the inflation numbers the way they are, which we should know it's not just being driven by gas. It's also being driven by other things. Food prices as well are up. But of course, this is really a main pressure point for the White House. And so President Biden will be announcing this at this ethanol plant today. We should note the White House had kind of embracing for this report, Dana. They had said that they believed these numbers were going to be extraordinarily elevated. And certainly they are very elevated today. And so that is really going to be a focus of the White House. And I would expect to hear the president say Putin's price hike once or twice during the speech, given that has been the way that they have been talking about this since this invasion started. Of course, gas prices had been going up before this, but it has become even more so since the invasion began, Dana. Yeah, yeah, seven it, months it, from election day, I'm hearing from people on the ballot, and I'm sure CNN you are too, to that they want to see more Democrats, want to see more. And they don't, but you know what they don't talk about, right? Biden on day one, killing the Keystone XL pipeline on day number one, killing the Keystone XL pipeline, and then tying the hands of those who wish to drill and then making it so expensive to drill and then cutting, doing everything possibly could to take away the investment from drilling. You notice how they don't mention any of those things in that CNN cut. But even as much as they try to give the administration cover, they can't help point out that this has been happening before Putin's invasion. Putin's price hike has been happening before Putin's invasion. Let's cut through the BS. This is the Rich Zioli podcast. So waiting to hear if the president is going to speak or not. I don't know if he will speak by the time that he gets there. Uh, masks in Philadelphia. We talked about that. Masks on planes are ridiculous. Planes, trains, and buses. Here's um, something I, I want you to think about now, and I'll come back to the mask issue in just a moment. But I want you to think about this. When you think about kids, kids today, and as a parent, I think about this a lot. I mean, I've got three kids, as you know, and I feel like they've grown up with the show. Patrick is seven. I remember when I moved to Afternoon Drive and Patrick was born on November 11th and I started the show on November 6th. So Patrick is seven. Reagan is two. Claire is five. I know I went out of order there, but uh, Reagan's birthday is Saturday. So I just was realizing that I got to make sure all the plans are in place. We'll be going to Myrtle Beach to see Mama Zioli and Papa Zioli. And we'll be flying. And what really worries me, of course, is that my two-year-old does not and cannot wear a mask on an airplane. So I'm particularly worried about that. And with all this nonsense about masking on planes and with all the nonsense about kids learning about gender and everything else, I, as a father, try to find things that I can let my kids be exposed to book-wise, TV-wise, movie-wise. That's just more than the usual propaganda, obviously. 
Uh, for example, I've talked about uh, Nobody Knows How to Make a Pizza, which is a great book teaching kids about capitalism, for example, and innovation and entrepreneurship. Uh, and I think How to Make a Pizza is a, a, a great book, a great example of that. There are these other books by, these, uh, by this author, and uh, they're the Tuttle Twins. They're libertarian children's books written by Connor Boyack. And the books are meant to protect children from socialism and wokeism. So CNN put out an op-ed the other day trashing, trashing the right-wing children's entertainment complex. Uh, Bethany Mandel also writes these great children's books based on liberty. And Rush Limbaugh, God rest his soul, used to write books on Rush Revere and, and to teach kids about history. But the left does not like that. Anytime that there's somebody who's a conservative and or libertarian who comes along and tries to teach children about freedom and liberty, well, that goes against what is the normal mantra, which is be a good little boy and girl and stay in line and do what you're told by the government and, and be subservient to the government and be group think and be a lemming. You know, that's what they want your kids to learn every single day. Be a lemming. Don't challenge. Do what you're told. And obviously, as parents, we tell our kids to pay attention and do what they're told when we tell them to do something. But I'm not talking about that, of course. What I'm talking about is when the school, when the state tells them to do something. And I and I want them to have some civil disobedience here versus just automatically falling in line. I want them to challenge authority. You know, that used to be something that the left talked about a lot, challenge authority. And now the left is completely lockstep in, you know, as long as it's the authority they agree with anyway. You just follow them and blindly. So the tw Tunnel Twins books are really great in teaching children about economics and 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 just about and and also things about faith and I mean Dana Lash has a book called Pause Off My Cannon. Uh, Dan Crenshaw has a new book out. There's anti-trans books as CNN puts it, like Johnny the Walrus and Elephants Are Not Birds. Anti-trans books. So CNN wrote this op-ed the other day. Nicole Hammer wrote this. She is a uh, associate research scholar at Columbia University with the Obama Presidency Oral History Project and the author of Messengers of the Right, Conservative Media and the Transformation of American Politics. So she writes, um, the question of are your children being brainwashed is the question that greets visitors to the Tuttle Twins website, which sells libertarian children's books. The books written by Connor Boyack are meant to protect children from the socialism and wokeism that the website says American educational and cultural institutions are pushing into the minds of our kids. A cartoon on the site shows a mother wielding a Tuttle Twins shield while protecting her frightened children, absorbing the arrows of socialism, Marxism, collectivism and media lies. Okay, I'm in. Sign me up. The Tunnel Twins books, regularly hawked by right-wing radio host Glenn Beck, range from board books to graphic novels to economics curriculum guides. They join a growing array of conservative children's literature and programming, which coincide with the current right-wing attacks on schools and children's entertainment that conservatives claim are sites of political and sexual indoctrination. Let me mention, too, that uh, you know this, this entire notion of a new marketplace for quote-unquote right-wing merchandise and right-wing thought and books and movies and this sort of thing, all these things. I think uh, that we... right now when you think about, for example, what they're doing at the Daily Wire. And I've talked about the Daily Wire a lot because I think they do a great job over there. The Daily Wire, for example, started their Harry's Razors uh, to compete with Harry's Razors, excuse me, Jeremy's Razors. Jeremy is the CEO over there. And he decided to start out with by doing Jeremy's Razors. So Jeremy Boring, who says he's the co-founder and co-CEO of the Daily Wire, 
went on Megyn Kelly's podcast and talked about the success of this, how they've already managed to come up with 60,000 razor subscriptions at the moment. Now you want people to buy Jeremy's razors. Jeremy's razors, last I check, has more Twitter followers than Gillette does, and they've been on Twitter since 2009. <laughs> You've been on for a month, not even. And how are the sales doing? Great. We're closing in on 60,000 razor subscriptions at the moment, oh which we think is a pretty good first month. Pretty good, huh, for the first month? I'd say pretty good. I'd say pretty good if you wanted to say that for the first month. So there's a marketplace for this. No doubt about that. So uh, you think about the Daily Wire now vowing to spend $100 million on conservative children's programs to oppose Disney and its conflict with Florida Republican Ron DeSantis. And then they have all these other projects that are going on out there. So CNN does not like this. CNN does not like this idea. She writes, that idea of indoctrination has been a core part of the conservative project for decades, justified by the argument that mainstream media and educational institutions were already indoctrinating consumers, whether students or readers or audiences, with liberal values. When William F. Buckley Jr., who would later go on to found the conservative magazine National Review, was arguing against liberal orthodoxy at Yale University in his 1951 book, God and Man at Yale, he did not argue for a politics-free education, but rather insisted that Yale enforce a conservative economic and political orthodoxy. Wrong. That's not true. What he wanted to suggest was that perhaps Yale embrace something known as giving people critical thinking of both sides of an issue, something Buckley always argued for his entire career. But remember something. To the left, if you oppose their dogma, you are then trying to keep people from learning. That's what they think. If you if you go against their dogma, you're trying to keep people from learning. Just keep that in mind. Of course, if you break from leftist dogma, though, they think you're crazy and they think you're an outlier. Unless you're China. For example, China. China now, Warner Brothers has a new movie coming out. It's a Harry Potter movie called The Fantastic Beasts, The Secret of Dumbledore. And um, there is a, according to The Hollywood Reporter... There's a, a apparently like a gay reference or something like that, which references uh, Dumbledore and Gellert's intimate past. And so Warner Brothers has scrubbed it to please China. Dumbledore says, I was in love with you. And the summer Gellert and I fell in love, which marked the first times he's professed his sexuality. They were taken out of the film in China. Now, you notice how something... Uh, which is interesting to me is that when it comes to China, there's no boycotts when it comes to Hollywood, right? I mean, if, like if Florida demanded that this come out, which they never would, of course, you would have hashtags and, and boycotts and Disney would leave and everything. But with China, do you think you think Disney's going to leave China? Of course not. You think you're going to stop showing their movies there? Of course not. This is the hypocrisy of the left. This is the great hypocrisy of the left, especially when it comes to China and everything that is the BS of China and their human rights abuses and everything else. So Warner Brothers issued a statement on the censorship and said the following, quote, As a studio, we're committed to safeguarding the integrity of every film we release, and that extends to circumstances that necessitate making nuanced cuts in order to respond sensitively to a variety of in- market factors our hope is to release our features worldwide as released by their creators but historically we have faced small edits made in local markets in the case of fantastic beasts the secret of dumbledore a six second cut 
was requested and Warner Brothers accepted those changes to comply with local requirements. But the spirit of the film remains intact. We want audiences everywhere in the world to see and enjoy this film. And it's important to us that Chinese audiences have the opportunity to experience it as well, even with these minor edits. Now, here's my question. If the edits are minor, what are they doing in the movie anyway? If they don't advance the story, what is the point of putting them in there? The point is that they want to have gay characters in there. So they want to be able to have gay characters so they can turn around and they can say to everybody, look at us. We have gay characters. But when it comes to China wanting those gay characters in there, well, no, then they have to take it out. Then they have to take it out. Oh, you know what I think it is, too? I think it's a situation where whenever anybody, anybody can step up, stand up and say to China, no, the answer is no. We are not going to put up with your crap. They will lose a ton of money. And that's the reality. They think it's going to help them by having the gay characters in the movie, which is why they're in there. But if it doesn't help them make money, then they'll take it out. Because it's not about advancing story. I mean, Warner Brothers is proving this does nothing to advance the story. It's not like they're saying, well, we can't run the movie then because we, if we if we ran the movie without this scene in there, the, nobody would get it. No, it wouldn't make any sense. And that really does come down to what Hollywood always tries to advance. They always try to advance some sort of a propaganda aspect of this. Constantly, always. So when you think about the right-wing children's entertainment complex and this uh, this op-ed from CNN going on and lamenting all these different books and movies and everything like this, you understand why there's now a movement for people to have content that is free of propaganda. Because it's just propaganda. It doesn't advance the story. It doesn't make anything better. And they're admitting as much. And when it comes to the Chinese censors, suddenly all their woke nonsense goes right out the window. It goes right out the window for them. Because it, 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 money is what drives these people more than anything. And I told you the reason why they embrace all the woke crap here in the United States of America is because they hire woke kids from college universities and these woke kids from college universities convince these people at these corporations that this is how they'll make lots and lots and lots of money. And so they do it. China, by the way, is accelerating its nuclear buildup over rising fears of U.S. conflict. Did you know this? Did somebody, anybody tell you this? China has accelerated an expansion of its nuclear arsenal because of a change in its assessment of the threat posed by the United States of America, according to people with knowledge of the Chinese leadership's thinking. The Chinese nuclear effort long predates Russia's invasion of Ukraine, but the U.S.'s wariness about getting directly involved in the war will likely reinforce Beijing's decision to put greater emphasis on developing nukes as a deterrent. China is our greatest threat, our greatest foil, our greatest foe. No doubt about it. And from a cultural perspective, if there's any country on the planet that the left would want to speak up to and scream, then it's that, right? It's that. It it, it should be China and their propaganda. If there's anything that would make them want to stand up and scream, it should be Chinese propaganda. And yet they don't. And And they won't, by the way. And they won't. But I think it's really important to know that about the left. And, and when, you, when you figure this out and you understand that, and I know you do because you're a very smart person, you understand why everything that the left says about the culture war is a bunch of flat-out BS. They would do so much to help weaken China by stop having their crap made over there 
if they stopped making all their little Disney plastic dolls over there, they would stop empowering our foe and our enemy. But the reality is not only do they want to make money, they also kind of admire the way China does things. I mean, how many times has the left come out and admired China? I mean, Justin Trudeau, the man child up there in Canada, came out and said he really respected how China was able to lock everybody down. You remember that? How they were able to lock everybody down. Justin Trudeau revered it. Oh, he wishes he could have that himself. Why couldn't he have that power? Man child Justin Trudeau loved it. And that's the truth. So in some ways, it's about, yes, making money. It's also, because deep down inside, even though they disagree with China, they love the tyranny of China. They do. They love it. Governor Ron DeSantis comes out and says, you won't be locked down in any way, shape, or form. And they think the guy's a monster. China is locking down about 30 million people in Shanghai as we speak. Draconian, awful lockdowns. And the left is not saying we're going to boycott China. People are being separated from their children. We heard so much from the left screaming about mothers being ripped from their China's arms. Do you hear the left screaming about anything China's doing right now? No, of course not. Because the other part of it is, in addition to wanting to make money in China, they love the brutality that China pushes forward. They do. And if it came to it, they would be, they would love to be able to have that kind of brutality and exercise when it came to indoctrinating your children, climate change, and everything else. That is the truth. They deep down admire this stuff. There have been so many videos showing Shanghai health workers their aggression and their violence towards people and pets. Why is the left not boycotting China right now? They'll boycott Florida in a heartbeat, but not China. Do they really oppose this stuff? Is it really just about money? Or is it money, but also really deep down inside, admiring, admiring what China does and what China stands for and wishing they could have that kind of iron will imposed on the people of the United States of America. You and I both know the answer to that. You know that and I know that because you're a smart person. That's why you're a very, very smart person. Patrick's got a baseball game tonight, so I got to wrap this up, but I appreciate you listening. I uh, was hoping to get Biden, but nothing he was saying seemed to be worthy of your time and your attention. You're a busy person, so I want to be respectful of your time. So we'll talk more tomorrow. Bright and early, of course, and then later tomorrow afternoon. But I greatly appreciate you listening to the show and the podcast on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Have a great rest of your day today. And remember, the one boycott the left will never get behind is anything having to do with China.